tonight on Pot Psychology. Michelle A's got the voice of an angel, but what's under her wings? <laughs> Joe Rogan took his own dick out of his mouth and put in Jordan Climate is about everything Peterson's. And then we have a segment on words. Words. They cut like a knife. Cut into my life. I don't want to hear your words. They always attack. Please take them all back. If they're yours, I don't want any more. Did you write that? No, it's Madonna. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Kathy Griffin just outed Sia as artistic. <laughs> and Euphoria. You're simply the best. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, that was so good. <laughs> that was really good. All this and more on Pot Psychology. With your hosts, Rich and Tracy. Oh, I always forget to say that. Okay, Anne Hathaway, did she die? No, Anne Hathaway. Okay, <laughs> okay. we can have a lighter. Because, you know, that ever since I've been taking Zoloft, I have extremely vivid dreams where sometimes they're so vivid that when I wake up, like later in the day, I'll think back to it and I'm like, fuck, when did that happen? And it's like, oh, wow. shit, I forgot to talk about that with, with them or whatever. And so all day yesterday, I was like, like when I get a chance, I got to Google if Anne Hathaway is still dead. And I felt like stupid texting. Still dead? <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> but it felt so real. You're getting real weird. <laughs> Are you still dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a David Lynch thing talking backwards and shit. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried. Oh, why? Well, I'm worried that you're going to have like a bad dream about me and then you're going to hold it against me. <laughs> well, no, because I eventually like will figure it out. It does take me a while. But when I get older, though, if I'm like losing it, I probably will. Yeah. This will be the first sign. Yeah. You know what song I was thinking about recently? No, what? Do you remember the song Nicety? Nicety? No. First of all, it's, it's who sings it? Michelle A. Okay. Michelle A. Michelle A. I guess is how you say it. Yeah. The chorus. In my head right now, I have on a hook. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does. She does a speaking part in this, and it's. I mean, her voice is just like nothing you've ever heard before. Michelle A. For the uninitiated, was Dr. Dre's girlfriend and protege, musical protege. Dr. Dre produced. I don't know if it was the whole album, but it might have been. It's on Ruthless, her first album, but it's like New Jack Swing. Because Dr. Dre also, like, World Class Wrecking Crew was like Electro. It was mm -hmm. LA Electro. So there's like a dance. Dr. Dre has like a dancey thing to him that he completely eschewed once he was like full on gangsta, you know? But um, it's such a good Is concept. Is it eschewed or eschewed? Eschewed. <laughs> I say eschewed. I always thought it was eschewed. No, askew is a different thing. Well, I know what askew is. I did but not know his issue. I, you know, I don't know that I'm saying it right. You, you, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever heard anyone. No, I must have heard someone say it that I thought that, but they were probably wrong. But it's probably, probably I heard it was some someone. Idiot. I'm actually saying it because I heard someone say it recently, and they said issued. So oh. I'm following their lead. It was John Cameron Mitchell, actually. Well, you know, Michael Barbaro says some words real fucking weird. You know, everyone. He said he says figure instead of figure. Speaking of this, get a load of this before we get to Michelle. Let's do a little diversion. Oh, okay. Check this out. <laughs> 
One innovative idea the company discussed was a proposal. Innovative. Innovative. Have you ever heard that that before? Who is that? This is the narrator of uh, Empire of Pain, which is the book about the Sacklers and Oxycontin. Play it again. Innovative. Here's a different example. Oh. In the late 1970s, Knapp produced a new product that was genuinely innovative. Innovative. I innovative. like it. I like it. Actually, it's I like it. It's almost innovative. Way. Yeah, I like it. It's like a little bit more lyrical. It's like, right. in, like innovative. Innovative. That's not how you say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever in the world. I believe I, 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 this is the author, actually, Patrick Radden Keefe. You're aware of this book, right? What's it called? Empire of Pain. Yes. It's an incredible book. You must. You simply must read it it drives me crazy i hate them so much they're the worst people that ever that i've oh, ever if, got, did you, intimately known did you watch the the dope sick thing no on Hulu? but no i'm they're, curious they're played by people and oh, they, really people play them yes oh, and wow, they're horrible that. people yeah. and they're like almost like mr burns like they're yes. in this like <laughs> rich giant house and they're all around a gigantic table and that's their board meetings it's just the family it, i mean with like marble ceilings and shit like that and then the guy who plays him is so good because he does it so creepy have you heard that guy talk no uh, i'm Rich- gonna watch it, it. Is it richard sackler uh it, richard was like the main the main proponent shitty. of oxycontin yes. innovative yeah that try, is try to say it in a sentence innovative. like that. Okay. Um, hmm. I mean, like somewhere down the line. Oh, no, because people are going to be like, what the fuck? I, <laughs> it's a throwback. <laughs> if you got to be paying attention. I'll tell you what's innovative. This concept of this Michelle A song. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Nicety. I'll, the, the chorus, I want to read it to you just to let it set in. By the way, it's nicety, but it's spelled N-I-C-E-T-Y, which is a nicety. Nice, that's how you yeah, spell nicety. nicety. Yeah, but it's nicety. having her cake and eating it too well you know what people um contain multitudes there <laughs> <laughs> are definitely nasty people i also like that it's nasty like what do you think when i hear nasty i immediately skip to sexual nasty yeah well i was gonna say if i called myself nasty i'd be like i'm nasty but you know what i mean it's not like i'm mean i'm sure other people have described me as nasty like a mean witch yeah you contain multitudes but you also mean multitudes to a whole host of people you're like why does you are long oh my god <laughs> no, i mean like yeah. <laughs> don't say it in, like in that. spirit i have something to talk about i for, i forgot that i had something okay jordan peterson was on joe rogan jordan peterson yeah do you know who he is yeah he's canadian but for some reason he has like kind of a thick boston accent CNN describes him as a Canadian clinical psychologist. Yeah. YouTube personality, author, and professor emeritus of psychology. He began to receive widespread attention in the late 2010s for his views on cultural and political issues often described as conservative. I've never been impressed with anything that I've heard this guy say. He's a real, like, kind of like a weenie, you know? Shock jock. Shock jock weenie. I don't like that. No, he's not a shock jock. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson isn't? He seems to say provocative things all the time that are bullshit. Oh, but he doesn't, like, he's he's not, like... He's not, like, Joe Rogan, but he's his own kind of in his lane. He's shock jocks, let's say. He's shock jocking. Okay. 
But when I think of jockeying, yeah, I think of jockeying is like maybe a little bit more masculine than him. Okay, (laughs) you know, I think you could say Ann Coulter's shock jocks, although is she more masculine? He is more masculine than this guy. All right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I think Joe Rogan, he's not like the genius intellectual that the dudes who like listen to him think he is. Yeah, I do think that like he asks questions that are so basic that you really get at stuff and then he'll dig at things too. Well, that's a technique though. So like, yeah. I mean, I, I never like, I think I do think that Joe Rogan through his curation of topics and guests foments a certain right wing sensibility that is actually antithetical to the truth and yes. infuriating as such. But just in terms of like, let's say raw interview skill. And I don't know very much of him at all, but from what I can ascertain or, in my opinion, like dumb questions that get people to talk are not yeah. dumb questions. Yeah. So I totally. But his interviewing is not nearly as rigorous as it should be mm. in many cases. And that seems like yeah. a political choice as well. Yes. So there's that to contend with as well. And I, I think he, he's like mostly honestly, bad. I didn't think that he. Oh, who? Uh, Joe Rogan. Like, Joe Rogan. Bad for the world. Until the, the ivermectin thing. I thought that Joe Rogan was like at least like. Mm kind of rational you know mm-hmm. and then when that happened i was yeah. like okay yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah that was one of the turning points for me as well i mean yeah. like i already saw him being dumb but okay so here's jordan peterson talking about his views about his ex- explanation of climate change and why it's stupid hard to sort out the climate change one is a weird one so that well, one that's because there's no such thing as climate right climate and everything are the same word and I, that's what bothers me about the climate change types. It's like, this is something that bothers me about it technically. It's like, well, climate is about everything. So, okay, but your models aren't based on everything. Your models are based on Warming. a set number of variables. Yeah. So that means you've reduced the variables, which are everything, to that set. Well, how did you decide which set of variables to include in the equation if it's about everything? And that's not just a criticism. That's like, if it's about everything, your models aren't right. Because mm. your models do not and cannot model everything. What do you mean by everything when you say... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, that kind of reminds me of me a little bit. Are <laughs> <laughs> you talking about mushrooms? Yeah. Uh, Tim Heidecker like, tweeted... I kind of get it. Tim, Tim, <laughs> Tim Heidecker tweeted that like... He thought he was like, this is like something we would do. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And it's just like you just start saying like words, like variables and sets. And it sounds to people like, oh, he knows like about science and labs and tests and polls and whatever surveys, whatever. Here's a uh, CNN report on this. Okay. Just to totally put a fine point on what is so ridiculous about it. Peterson's remarks show a general misunderstanding of how scientific modeling works. Scientists use models or simulations to project particular aspects of climate change, such as the rise in global temperatures, changes in rainfall patterns, and the likelihood of drought. Similar anti-science spread by these two individuals about COVID-19 likely has and will continue to lead to fatalities. Even more will perish from extremely dangerous and deadly weather extremes if we fail to act on the climate crisis, so the promotion of misinformation about climate change is in some ways even more dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
I feel yes, that. I'm absolutely. Not, I, I don't like dangerous to describe communication, mm-hmm. but I think that it is. The, it this is, is, and it's actually more and more is increased. You see people believing shit that is just absolute nonsense lies. Absolute, like nonsense. QAnon. QAnon. Come on, man. Like, like Trump being a state, Donald Trump. The guy from The Apprentice being the savior of the world and caring about child pornography and that there's pedophilia going on in the basement of the Capitol. Yeah. Well, and the pizza place, obviously. It all comes from Pizzagate, which was debunked because when Pizzagate happened, I was like, well, that's over. Debunked. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Uh, It was the end of the movie. We survived. And then it just came back like a fucking disease. That's why I'm I'm afraid like Trump will get... I'm so afraid of that. I'm so yeah, afraid think of about it all the time. Everything about the upcoming election seems yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I don't know how you put the 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 not genie, the the devil genie back the, in the, the bottle. Toothpaste in the tube. Toothpaste it's in the tube. It's, it's out. out, exactly. But also a devil genie. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing this thing that like men like you know, Gavin would do yeah. like men who are like, they want to like debate and they yeah. think that that's like, just say words and pick it apart. Yeah. And, and that <laughs> is some sort of like bo- social bonding or like a fun pastime to me, like getting in a debate with someone about climate change is fucking work. But, like, but I think that's what all of these like cis crazy people who care so much about trans people. I yeah. think that it's all an intellectual exercise to that. I can't, actually can't tell. I don't even know what it is. But it strikes me that makes sense that to me. like people yeah. who have no dog in the race, no skin in the game, yeah, care so much apparently, and then like do I, whole that careers. always has struck me about everything like that, you and know, I, and 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 but it just goes to show the value that they feel that of they place human on life, it. yeah, no, like no, my ideas is, and my concepts are more than your more worth more than your dignity. He's basically saying that because. The word climate is supposed to mean or his his interpretation. It's actually environment would be a much better word. Absolutely. Because climate is actually not environment is everything. The yeah. climate, climate still sometimes means that kind of thing, but it mostly means a mood attached to that kind of thing. The climate in the room, mm-hmm. you know, you, how it feels, whatever. Yes. Environment would have been a much better way to make that semantic argument. And I think you're totally right that he's being semantic. But I also do think he's contending with the vastness of life and the limitations of projections and even, say, human thought in terms of understanding what's going on. So. But he's not saying that. He's not. He's He's not. not saying that. If he wants to boil it down to semantics, I'll boil it down to semantics. Literally, climate and everything are literally not the same word. They are not the They're same word. They're different words. They're not the same word. Una would know that. Yeah. Anyone would know that. It's, so, you know what? I win. Yes, you I do. I win the debate. You do. Because I that was my volley. It's a really weird way to kick... Like, maybe, like, fold that in or something, but it's just weird that he led with that. It's immediately like... Uh, uh, uh. Right? Well, because in the beginning, he has to explain that this is why they're, they're right. wrong because of words. Right. They're wrong because of words. And I'll pretend I know about science. I went he and seems looked very up his, anxious to me. Why is he wearing a bow tie? He's just one of those. <sighs> and now that you've seen him and heard him, what do you think about his masculinity level compared to Ann Coulter? Ann Coulter yeah. <laughs> She's definitely got bigger right? balls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this Kathy Griffin, New York Times thing. Yeah. Explain it to me. I saw the headline and... I got it in my inbox and I just didn't read it because I've been working. It's about Kathy Griffin being canceled 
Okay. You know, it's that story again, but this time in the New York Times. Well, now she has another hook. Good for her. Uh, the thing is that, like, here I feel many different ways about this. The most outstanding one being that she should not have lost work from any rational organization for that picture. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There is some indication that she was, quote, difficult, you know. And it was like a way out. But she but asked for more money. Tours. They oh, you do. mean from Bravo? No, from um, NBC. That's who she was. That's who she was hosting. CNN. She, she hosts on CNN. That's so weird. I was like, yeah, she of course was it was CNN. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. But I thought he was doing it on NBC or something. But look, apparently she asked for a salary. She was getting like $80,000 and she asked for more money, which I think actually she should have been paid more money for Absolutely. a gig like that. That seemed like she was being low-balled. Yeah, you'd stay up really late. That said, okay, so the, and I bet she wasn't getting paid the same as Anderson. By by the time you re, by the time you hear this, it will be so long ago that this ran. But whatever, Catherine Roseman published on January nineteenth. It's all about how Kathy Griffin doesn't get any work while also mentioning in late twenty seventeen she headed out on a seventeen country seventeen country tour in front of large crowds at venues like Sydney Opera House. Griffin performed three hour plus shows detailing her experience in the at the intersection of free speech and partisan rage spending hundreds of thousands on security and fronting all the production costs she played 24 cities from may to november 2018 including shows at carnegie hall and radio city music hall okay that sounds expensive and maybe like it wasn't so lucrative at the same time she tells the new york times that her net worth is 50 million dollars and nothing it's not about money she just wants to get out there and do her job she keeps saying i just want to get out there and do my job seems like you did your job in 2017 right after the picture and also you know, if you can't finance your own tour, why aren't you on social media all the time? I, I think that there's enough ways that you can, if if your only thing in life is to make people laugh, you can find your pockets and do that and get that. And maybe it's not the same size stage as before, but I can't feel that bad for you. I don't think yeah. anybody isn't like literally nobody, you know, Beyonce, you know what I mean? The best of the best, the people that obviously should be doing this are still not entitled to it. Yeah. Nobody is entitled to that. Yeah. You know? So. That's true. I Yeah, totally. So, like my, I can't, I don't have room in my heart to care that much, even though I do think she got, by and large, a raw deal. She did. The thing about Kathy Griffin, though, is that she takes a thing in her life yeah. and she, she turns it into a hook. Right. And then she leans yes. into that thing. So like with the D-list, yeah, she did that like she was like, I'm I'm on the deal list. I'm not even like because like she was kind of like famous and it was kind of interesting to see a celebrity like admit to something like that, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I feel like she's sort of doing that with canceled, but mm -hmm. she's being like a little bit too stern about it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like also, but what, I think she's she's trying to work an angle to get a show. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You know? You're right. It's yes. And that's the thing about it. But it, it but exactly. And it comes packaged in this self-righteous. If it could happen to me. It could happen to you. And it's like, I don't think so. Like, I mean, maybe like, yes, maybe a public communicator, but yeah. so many people who don't communicate publicly like that, it's a totally foreign situation to them. But it, I know it could because with TikTok, everyone's getting canceled. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter if you're famous or not or what your job is. Like right. People are getting canceled left and right from TikTok. So Kathy Griffin, the story, the reason that I read it in the first place, because I don't care about this story that much, like. Like I said, I think Kathy Griffin got a raw deal. I'm not a huge fan of Kathy Griffin. I And I don't feel sorry for her 
by and large. I do think that she is on the right side of history, basically. Except, listen, listen to how this shakes out. Okay, in the story. She has also grown close to Sia, the Australian pop singer-songwriter who landed at the center of her own media storm in early 2021. Music, the movie which Sia wrote and directed, was criticized by disability rights activists for its depiction of autistic people and for casting someone not on the autism spectrum. Sia was the target of hostile comments on social media. Online petitioners called for the movie's release to be canceled. I was suicidal and relapsed and went to rehab, Sia said. Griffin helped her through her experience. She saved my life. So then, a writer, Eric Michael Garcia, who I've used as a source previously, and, you know, I I know who he is. I've never met him, but I know who he is, and whatever. I'm mutual. He tweeted, uh, he's autistic and Mm. very much about, like, writing about it and, you know, disability rights. He's very motivated, galvanized, and righteous. Honestly, I say this with all sincerity. I don't care, Sia. Your movie portrayed something that kills hashtag actually autistic people and autistic people begged you to be more considerate and instead you chose to consistently insult them and put out a bullshit movie about autism. So then Kathy Griffin goes into his replies. Why did she have to get involved? Number one, Sia has been diagnosed with being on the autism scale herself. Okay. Which I believe is news. I don't believe Sia because remember well, we looked well, to, to, yeah, we tried and, to see. And honestly, I thought when that first came out, I because thought this Maddie was going to be her avatar. I thought this was going to be her coming out as autistic. And because I Maddie guess is her avatar. Maybe it kind of was, but she was being like also had shame about it. I don't I don't know. What I do know is that for Kathy Griffin to apparently unveil that diagnosis on her Twitter is real questionable. I don't know that that's appropriate at all. Well, maybe Sia said that she could. A hundred percent. You know, that's possible. But maybe she didn't. Sia really seemed to seems to appreciate Kathy. She does. She saved my life. At the same time, I don't know that like revealing somebody else's diagnosis is like real murky territory. In fact, pretty much unethical. She says she continues Kathy Griffin in her tweet. Apparently, you don't know that. Well, if Sia had said in the press for the movie, which I read so many, not even so many, because she didn't do so many interviews, but I did like, I read like the three big interviews for that. Never talked about it. I, I, I researched it because I was like, okay, Maddie Ziegler is her avatar. I love that Sia has another thing. Sia has another thing. Ellers Danlos, panic attacks. Apparently. She has, she has been suicidal before though. She said that. She said that. Okay. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Uh, apparently you don't know that i respectfully ask you to consider that the vicious attacks she received were because of kind of sexism ageism and misogyny that you may be displaying yourself actually i don't believe that at all i don't believe that at all either and kathy griffin defaults to this a lot and it's like i do think that there's a lot of that in her career i'm sure but i don't think that that's what this issue is with sia and i think that also you can have major issues with kathy griffin's work and not be a misogynist Oh, totally. But I think that a lot of like, obviously, the like death threats and rape threats. That oh, my she God. Gets, you Awful. Know? And the yeah, totally. And I'm sure it's to, nonstop. Yes. The reason why she had to hire security and stuff like that. Here's the yes. thing that like I think about Kathy Griffin is that she's older now. What is she? 65. OK, she's 61. 61. Okay. Kathy Griffin. She she continues. Are you going to say? Oh, you know, go, go. I want to hear the rest. Number two. Second tweet. 
I'm going to read it verbatim. So many male actors slash directors who've portrayed artistic characters through their own lenses. So she continues, they won awards. People who portrayed artistic. Does she mean Dustin Hoffman? Yes, I think she does. There's just like one. Did only one person? No. You know what? You know who did? Friggin Claire Danes. Claire Danes. She She won an Emmy. Got a Golden Globe, at least. A Golden Globe. I think she got an Emmy, too, okay. for playing, um, what's her name? Oh, God. Temple Brandon. Temple, Temple Brandon. Brandon. Temple, Temple Brandon. Temple Brandon. That's a good Halloween costume, actually. <laughs> well, Temple <laughs> Brandon's like a hero. She's basically like a, I mean, she's such a phil- philosopher. And Did you listen to her book? No. We should I, do that yeah, for a fucking book club. That's a good idea. Because she taught herself, she like taught herself out of, she says she like, brought herself out of autism like not like cured herself or right. something but no, she, she found a way to work it to to communicate with others yeah in no, a way yeah yeah and, and it's it's why and she's to soothe herself and it, yes and it's but it's why she's so brilliant as well because like, like a she, hug <laughs> she wouldn't have been thinking about these things if her yeah. mind weren't primed to do so exactly I mean, there's theories that basically like autistic people have always been at the vanguard of creativity mm. you know that's in uh neural tribes neuro tribes um I, i'll just read this okay yeah, keep going. Sorry. Okay. So many men, so many actors slash directors who've portrayed artistic characters through their own lenses. They won awards. Shame on you and others who drove her to suicidal ideation. Really, I just think it's awful. She got ratioed hard there. And uh, what an idiot. That's that's ridiculous for her to step in and say that stuff. I just, you know, that's the kind of tweet where you read over it and make sure everything is spelled right, you know? At least. But she like, was why, like, that's that's not like something she, she like wrote in her car. Oh, totally. But also she how little does she know that she's like shaking the hornet's nest of the disability community? She Do you doesn't wanna, know enough. Apparently not, which means that she's not interacting with disabled people. So yeah, well, I, I don't think she's it. interacting with a lot of people. Doesn't seem like she's interacting. You know? But then you see a tweet like this. Anyway, whatever goodwill I had reading that article and it's gone. I, it's gone it is and i didn't even think she was not good in search party so oh she was in search party i didn't know that yeah she's in the last season i'm not going to defend her but i will say that mm-hmm. you know kathy griffin is one of the most successful female comedians paved the way for i mean it's like undoubtable you know it's like joan rivers and then kind of kathy griffin well as far as pushing boundaries and things like that roseanne sure but like Roseanne, I think Sarah Silverman. I know, but in, as far as like the the, the actual mainstream fillers, success, right, success and the money that goes with it, it's yeah. not like indie. It's not like you know alt stuff. It's like but she really became successful, huh? They're, I mean, Roseanne they're, was the biggest for sure. But then she like it, from her show. But then yeah, she kind of Kathy. Always the thing about Kathy is that she always manages to scrape by. Like she's always has her claws. Like, and that's what I think this whole yeah. cancellation thing is. It's right. her, you know, trying to like, you know, spin it, s- you know, into a narrative. Yeah. And to still stake her claim, try to get another show out of it, try to like make a whole like renaissance of her career. And that's like what, I mean, that's, that's like a legend. If you can keep coming back, you know, if you can keep coming back and like killing, I don't, what does a show from Kathy Griffin look like at this point? I just feel like lately she's just always kind of intense, you know? I think that a lot Maybe. of it has to do with like, that's her been her survival mode yeah. in Hollywood. Because listen, 
she has a challenging face and hair and forehead oh, and and the fact like you know sarah silverman and and the people that you were naming well not roseanne, roseanne. <laughs> not roseanne. there's so many others too but i know what you mean kathy griffin does does have a, a certain cultural position just via all the comedy shows that she did that like over that, that was her thing yeah that is its own kind of icon iconic i guess yes so and joan rivers was very that but you know obviously there have and, been plenty of and she, the hosting and the you know blah 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 like roseanne wasn't really welcomed outside to do it after the baseball thing to oh, do yeah. anything outside the show yeah. whereas kathy griffin was you know all over on cnn you know, all over the place. Totally. In that way. Yes, but I will true. say she's so she and there's there's not a lot of like working the club comedians her age, you know, yeah, I'm totally. sorry, female comedians her age. Right. Six. How many 61 year old female comedians are still totally selling out arenas? I don't know. Well, how old how old is Rita Rudner? She's not as big. Yeah. We could end it. You want to end it? Yeah. OK. We didn't right, talk about we, euphoria, but. Oh, sure. let's talk about euphoria real quick. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking? What, um, what are you saying about Euphoria? That I love it. Yeah, it's I good. love it. I think it's better than last season. I, I think, think it's, it's better than anything. Exactly, right? It's, I don't even care what's happening on that show just it's as so long as it's on. cinematic. It's, Every song well, is it's fucking film, cool. You know, it's on film this season. Oh, you know, all of the, I mean, every shot is beautiful. Yeah, but also I love the the grittiness of it as well. The, the shadows and uh, it's, yes, it's, and like just the grain. So like the the opening with the lady from the Sopranos as the grandma, that whole thing. Yeah, that was, was crazy. So incredible. And she walks in, and you see a boner, a dick like with gunshots yeah. next to it. And yeah. like the first like minute of yeah. the show. And you see pussy you see yeah. act there's like pussy on like this woman has <laughs> is completely naked and she's like lying on her back on this on the stripper floor i went back and watched the first season uh -huh. to like yeah, i wanted to and i, I didn't get a chance to i forgot so much i, forgot I was like so wait much why are you why, who's yeah. mad at who yeah 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 like I, who, who's fucking who exactly yeah so i went back and i rewatched it after the first two episodes to see stuff and i didn't realize in like the in that season when she finally goes into fez's house when Rue goes into Fez's house. You see the grandma oh. in the distance behind him uh -huh. in the bed with like machines. And I totally didn't machine remember that guns? at all. No machines oh, oh, like, like keeping a, her like alive. A hospice type of situation. Yeah. And yeah. I just like did not remember that at all. Yeah. I didn't remember that. I vaguely remember that. But was she in the living room? No, she's so you just see like the glowing of the like uh -huh. the, it's it's down a long hallway okay. and he like closes the oh, door right, behind right, him. It's right, like yes. very but you get the sense that there's someone on life support yeah. in there. And here they go. Yeah. yeah it just They're every, telling that whole story. I every, love it. Everything the show does, honestly, like I just like no notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love I also really like that this season, last season an episode would kind of be about a different character. Mm -hmm. And in this season, it's cut more up into, into like little vignettes. Vignettes. I love that. And that means we hear more from Rue. And in many other circumstances, I might find that kind of voiceover annoying. I love her voiceovers. I love her. I always love seeing Rue too. And she doesn't, she's not always on the screen. And then when she comes, it's like, yes. But even Rue. when she's on the screen and she's like doped 
up yeah. like i still am in i'm enjoying watch like when she's like wasted singing tupac or when she's, <laughs> she's like, like when they cut into uh, this mo- episode three when they cut to lexi's tv show in her head yes. and who is interviewing oh. she's like it's about like when you're young and you just think you're like fixed in time or whatever she says you think <laughs> you're never gonna change <laughs> and she's got like sunglasses on and i mean it's all fantasy but it's still like all the feelings are real and so a lot of the situations are so intense that it's yeah. like so, like the stuff with fez is like soapy at this point oh the totally fact that she bought that suitcase full of drugs to sell <laughs> is like really terrifying to I me. It's was so thinking extreme. about how like, scared I was and show? I care so much yeah. about these characters. I love the new kid, Elliot. Did not know that he was this like famous person. Um, did you yeah, know I about know, him? No, 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 no. But I love him too. Dominic Fike. Uh-huh, I think right. that's how you say that, it. Yeah, I think so too. He, there, there's a New York, uh, the New York Times, like who, I skipped his episode, New York Times show on Hulu. Oh. is There's a whole episode just oh, about he's him. He's a rapper? Incredible casting. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like a heartthrob. Totally. I oh one thing I really loved is that you know in the first episode when they have to strip down and yeah. the guys at the drug deal want to see if they're miked and they have yeah, to take yeah. their clothes off yeah. and the guy puts on that I think it's a Jerry Rafferty song is that his name uh, it's I a, what it's that was. called Right Down the Line okay. it's like that song it's like it's a yacht rock song it's great yeah and he's like dancing to it and stuff and it's like this really like awful scary intense yes. thing yeah where, where you like, think somebody's gonna die someone's for gonna sure. die and and then you hear like rue talking about it like kind of excited like that yeah. was like after fun. yeah totally and then, and then in the next episode when they show her hanging out with elliot she puts that song on and starts dancing oh, around and it's re- like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the song that you're supposed to be traumatized to and she's like i love this <laughs> That's so funny. It's I didn't like, even notice shows that. Shows like how much like she glamorizes all that shit too. I know. You got to love her. I love it. I yeah. loved when she put her hair in a ponytail like a unicorn to do cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not This is this is one of those shows that like I'm not okay with when it goes off the air. It's like, no, come back to me. It's going to have to because they're not going to want to I mean, play high schoolers. Also like yeah. what you can't like take your time filling up filming a high school show because people age oh, out of Rue's it really sister, quickly like is basically an adult now yeah it's like what i don't know i think they might have to flash forward in time or something i i really also liked the cal intro but she'd be 20 now right yeah uh oh the i knew you'd like that that's why i was like it's a gay episode right yeah and uh you know, the, a lot of the music was gay. Like they played A Little Respect by Erasure during that. Uh-huh. And also yeah. I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman, who died of AIDS. I, I don't know. It's uh, it was it weirdly it was weird the way that it like filtered through my fantasy to my reality and touched my soul. But <laughs> that's what it did. <laughs> so uh, I just that's that. All right. Who do you think's the hottest guy on the show? No, it's really hard to say. Right? For me, it's Nate. I like, really, me, I like, really like Nate a lot. But I would fuck any of them. Right. Well, not any of them. I don't really like Cat's boyfriend. Me neither. I and like. She but actually I, wrote like cute in the prose. And right. Was like, and I was like, I no. Wouldn't. Actually, I would have put. He he's nice. No, but she put like hot, hot and cute. I would have. Like I would have scribbled out hot. He's cute. He's cute. If, if you like but that. Like, I mean, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
but uh, all right so i but i love fez i think he has beautiful eyes yeah also think I like elliot is so fucking hot yeah but i really too. like although the dad the the dad is also nate's dad cal is yeah. fucking hot he is also ruse fucking um sponsor yeah is fucking hot he is he's really good on the show i've seen he, I did what has not he been in before? I know lot, him. He's been in a lot of stuff and more he's and more. And he's been gorgeous. acting for, for decades. Yeah. I mean, but he's um, like. His name is Coleman Domingo. That's what I have to say <laughs> about that. Okay. We want to tell you about Wawoo, what we're doing next. I'm like, what? <laughs> make it sound scary. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. No, I was trying to make it sound like enticing. Oh. What was. <laughs> did it not sound that way? I don't that know. When you were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Um, we want to tell you about Wallow. Yeah. If you don't know what that <laughs> is, it's Watch Along With Us. And it's a tier on our Patreon where you watch things along with us. We watch them in our space. You watch it in your space. And, and then, then we talk about it and you listen about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're doing a genre of movies this time around and we've been doing reality shows the real world specifically and you get access to all of those episodes we did the first three seasons of the real real world and the first two seasons of the real world homecoming, homecoming. so now we're <laughs> what are we calling it again second wave women's movies will you explain to them what women's movies is Women's movies is a general term. Uh, put it around like the mostly in the 40s, but you could probably make an argument about some 30s movies and some 50s movies mm. of movies that were specifically geared for and marketed to women that were about feelings and not always about like men obviously factored in, but they weren't romances per se. It, it's like it's women's issues in that it's exactly. like things that interest women it's women's it's women's interests to, to me like the apotheosis it wasn't made with a male audience in mind right. which was really crazy for back in the day totally and to me the apotheosis of this is mildred pierce and i mm -hmm. haven't seen a ton of them but i loved mildred pierce so much so okay. that is what i think of when i think of women's movies. i love the women get, the women's great too yeah although women's movies the women is light and comedic and women's movies were a lot of the times uh uh dramatic melodrama is really a lot of douglas sirk you could say is women's movies but generally women's well whatever yes there it's a whole range of it's a range things. there's and laughing yes. there's crying there's laughter through tears like in still magnolias which right. is on our list right so that's what we're doing we're doing the second wave of them which we're right. arguing occurred in the 80s and 90s and when we say that we mean beaches that's we the first one we're waiting to. Oh, so, yeah, the first one we're doing is beaches. You could just name the the five that we're going to oh, do, the, right? The first five that we're doing is beaches, waiting to exhale. Joy Luck Joy Club. Joy Luck Club. Fried Green Tomatoes. Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> and Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. We had to get in beaches, Steel Magnolias and Fried Green Tomatoes. I think that was what made sense. Yes. Like those are kind of a trinity in my head in a Me way. Me too. You know? Me too. Me too. We're, oh, we have some rules. It spans the 80s and 90s. With it's a strong concentration for the middle of that. Middle of that. Okay, middle exactly. 10 years. Yeah. No rom-coms. Also, no teen movies because we think that those are their own genre. Yeah. Or watch along with us. Future possible genre. I would love to do teen movies. But that said, there is a little bit of genre hopping that Crossovers, we will do. like Venn diagram. Yeah. Such as like you know hand that rocks the cradle or dirty dancing oh, so then this leads me to the next rule which <laughs> <laughs> which is 
that the every film has to have a strong component of either female friendships or female enemies. Right. And then also the next rule is that it has to have a, a largely female uh, principles, like principles. protagonists. Also, have to be women. Uh, and, and the protagonist for sure, preferable if it's an ensemble. ensemble. You yes, know? of course. A lot of these movies are directed by men because a lot of movies are directed by men. Yeah. Rich told me that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, I tried to add women directors, but they for are for movies that make sense. But like yeah, also yeah. a lot of these anyway, just by the nature of them, were produced or written for the screen by women or, or based on books written by women. So that's what we're doing. You can go to patreon.com slash pot psychology to sign up for that tier. Wawu watch along with us. You also get access to our book club and then you could also get merch and smoking accessories that are cool and are curated by me and some are created by me totally at pipedreams.fun rich's other podcast is called how to do it and that's it for now goodbye goodbye no.